You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. What's going on, FA Nation? John Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. Welcome into the Quick Out Fantasy Football Podcast, Coop, episode two of the 2023 NFL offseason last week. We broke down all the top free agent movements, some of the trades, some of the stories, and some of the controversies that are going on around the league. This week, I'm going to continue our look at the current available free agents, some of the more recent landing spots, some more of the top stories here, and give a slight sneak preview of some NFL draft coverage that we got going on. Why don't you tell the people what we can look forward to, man? Yeah, man. The schedule for the 2023 season really coming together here. You know, we hit the big news so far. And what we're going to do today is kind of uh, wrap up the rest of the recent news and lay out uh, who's still out there and what the best landing spots are, right? Then we'll take a quick series where we're going to do one episode each, uh, each position, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, tight end, kind of just lay out the dynasty landscape, who we're buying if we're trying to win now, who we're selling if we're blowing it up. Just collect everything, get all our thoughts together. Then we'll hit the draft right before the draft. After the draft, we do rookies. Then it's best ball season. It's got fishbowl. It's redraft. It's football bet again. Like we're going straight through, man. We're going straight through to September. It's going to be beautiful, John. It so why don't we get started? How quickly the NFL season ends, it begins. The fantasy football season is uh, very quickly being a 365 day uh, job here. Super Bowl hits, you got about a week off, and then you're right back into uh, everything that goes on uh, with the NFL offseason. Uh, Coop, right before we hit play here today, uh, we got the tweet from Adam Schefter, Ezekiel Elliott narrowing down his three choices for potential landing spots here. Zeke apparently giving himself a, a pick of the litter. Uh, the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles are the three teams that Elliott is seemingly uh, deciding between. Uh, if you are a fantasy manager, if you're a fantasy gamer, uh, where's your most favorable landing spot for Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott? Where does he make sense just from an NFL standpoint as well? I mean, geez, th- this announcement, probably coming from Zeke's camp, has got to have people uh, clutching their pearls a little bit because, you know, Brees Hall, I see him as the number one running back on a lot of people's dynasty boards. And uh, Zeke landing there, he's going to throw a bit of a wrench in that plan. You know, there's a lot of Rashad Penny hype. Uh, and then the Bengals already have Joe Mixon. I think, you know, from the entire dynasty landscape if the Bengals are going to release joe mixon like some of the rumors were and then pay zeke less than that and then Mixon land somewhere else that would probably be the move that everyone would appreciate the most just because it would conserve as many fantasy relevant players as possible but if he just gets added into these backfields man that is going to it's just going to be zeke and tony pollard all over again except now it's zeke and Brees hall or now it's zeke and rashad penny or now it's zeke and joe mixon so uh, if that really is the case, man, that is uh, that's not ideal. No. We want him to go somewhere where there's nobody, right? Like go to the go to the Dolphins, where you can immediately be the starter. Go to uh, you know, there's a few other spots that we can talk about. Uh, you want to do running backs first, John? Get yeah, right into I it? mean, listen, I felt like that's probably the biggest news of the day yeah. so far, just as we're hitting it. So I think we should go ahead uh, and uh, and discuss this running back situation here, unless, of course, while we're recording, uh, Lamar Jackson gets traded. Then, of course, we'll uh, we'll talk of about course. that. We'll we'll touch upon that situation as well a little bit later on. You know, listen, I agree with you 100. You know, if you're looking at the Philadelphia situation, you're like, oh, they love using their running backs. 
They they have a lot of rushing touchdowns. Like, yeah, but those generally come from the quarterback. Sure, Miles Sanders had his day last season, and that's great. We're big Miles Sanders truthers. Uh, you know, a lot of the jokes surrounding Ezekiel Elliott these last couple of years. Uh, fullback Zeke, I think our friend Kevin Tompkins likes to <laughs> likes to label him as. Sure, there could be, certainly be. Uh, plenty of touchdown potential there from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but neither of those landing situations, like you said, feel like an everyday job. Doesn't feel like he's going to ever supplant Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. So that would be a weird landing spot. Uh, at the very least, you feel like he'd find some work in, with New York and with uh, the Eagles. So uh, the two top landing spots for me would be there. I would hope he wouldn't go to Cincinnati. Exactly. And the thing with uh, the landing spot, like the Eagles, is that when you look at sites like Pro Football Focus will attempt to break down what type of runs these are. Like, of course, there's the de designed runs, which uh, those take away from the running back, right? You have the design goal line runs, which he had, Jalen Hurts have the second most of anyone in the league. But people also forget that when this guy has 48 plays that are categorized as scrambles, that that's 48 times that a guy like Drew Brees might have dumped it down right. To Alvin Kamara versus a guy like Jalen Hurts taking it himself and saying, go block somebody. So he really is, Jalen Hurts, as great as he is on his own for fantasy, he is a bit of a, a uh, drain on the rest of the guys in the offense. So it uh, wouldn't be a good spot for Zeke. It obviously would destroy Rashad Penny's value, which would be hilarious. I'll admit that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the one that makes a lot of sense, uh, unfortunately, for the short term in Dynasty is the Jets because. Yep. They got Brees Hall coming off the injury. They have a obvious win now situation, assuming they get Aaron Rodgers. So it it as much as we don't like it, it makes a ton of sense. Yep, I agree with you 100. You can still use Brees Hall uh, when he comes back. You can use Michael Carter. You know more so in those sort of between the 20s sort of formations, and you get those heavy yard, short yardage, maybe even some pass blocking. You got Zeke out there. Um, mm -hmm. Additional running backs here. Uh, we had to have some signings since the last time we discussed. Uh, Damian Harris stays in the AFC East. He goes to the Buffalo Bills uh, almost for free. I think I saw it was like mm -hmm. a $1 million contract or something like that, which right. is kind of disrespectful uh, for Damian Harris, the way uh, he's played. Devin Singletary leaves Buffalo. He heads to Houston, much to the dismay of those who uh, uh, last year were Pierce Truthers there. Now they got Devin Singletary in the mix. James Robinson goes from the Jets uh, to the Patriots. He'll likely be the backup there. More, not likely, most likely going to be the backup to Ramondre Stevenson, assuming he even hangs on to the team. They still have uh, guys on that on that roster. Uh, Donta Foreman to the Bears, Ronald Jones to the Cowboys, Chase Edmonds goes to the Bucks, and the, today as well, Ty Johnson went back to the New York Jets uh, there. Uh, which, I guess, signing do you feel like makes the most impact for fantasy? I think the the number one impact is probably, uh, I mean, the combination of Singletary leaving and Damian Harris in has the most impact. Like the whole, the, just the whole movement, because it, it signifies a ton of ton of things to us from the standpoint of what the Bills believe and what they have. Uh, Devin Singletary actually uh, was top five in routes run at the running back position and graded out really well in pass blocking. So he was a guy that you know they were using in that capacity, even though they had James Cook, who does basically the same thing. Now he goes to supplement the Texans backfield where Damian Pierce, uh, hard to believe there are many people right now that run harder than Damian Pierce, <laughs> right? Like he is a violent runner, an early down runner, didn't grade out particularly well in pass blocking. He was outside the top 70 running backs. Uh, for those keeping track at home, there's 32 teams. So uh, 70 is not a good place to be graded 
in terms of pass blocking. So I think that it seems pretty clear to me how they're going to mix those guys in. Uh, I'm honestly pretty interested in Singletary because it's it's easier to be that pass down back that takes over the full role than it is to do it the other way, right? right? So uh, I'm interested there. On the flip side, Damian Harris, not really much of a pass catcher, so it seems like we know what they want to do. They want Damian Harris to be on early downs. They want James Cook to be on pass downs. And, of course, they have the battering ram at quarterback whenever they need that. Uh, kind of limits my interest in Damian Harris to maybe best ball, where uh, guys that are touchdown or or bust type guys, yeah. best ball kind of smooths, smooths that over, right, John? Yeah, 100%. Um, the, the other signings don't really move much of the needle for me. I think Chase Edmonds is a little interesting, but White is obviously the new yeah. lead back there with uh, Fournette gone. Uh, Ronald Jones does even make it out of camp, you know, when, when it's all said and done there as the backup to Tony Pollard. Pollard did sign uh, his franchise tender today, so we'll see if they work themselves out a longer-term deal. Have to assume that's coming, otherwise they wouldn't have moved on uh, from Ezekiel Elliott the way they did there. Uh, Don DeFormer with the Bears, kind of quite kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely interesting for sure, because uh, he is a good early down back. I think Khalil Herbert will probably still retain a role. But again, you know, the people that thought Khalil Herbert, Herbert was just going to be the guy, you have to look and at these depth charts and know that somebody's coming in. And some of these other signings, to be honest, people are dis- like, people are like, oh, no, Rojo is coming in. Oh, no, Chase Evans coming in. I, I personally, I when I look at those depth charts, I'd be happy that that's happening mm-hmm. because the devil you know is better at times than the devil you don't. So if I'm sitting here and I have Tony Pollard, I'm like, good. Tony Pollard's better than Rojo, right? Whereas if I am if I have Kenneth Walker and I look at the Seahawks and now they only have three running backs on the roster and they lost Travis Homer and they lost Rashad Penny, what happens if they go out and draft Bijan? Maybe not Bijan because it's going to be so expensive, but what, what if they drafted Jameer Gibbs to yeah. come in and be the pass catching back? Like that's way more scary than Chase Edmonds, who has been cut by two teams. Like, how many times has he been cut? Like four yeah, times. He, well, now? he was traded. Well, he was traded from. Uh, he signed with Arizona and then traded from Arizona. Uh, uh, traded signed with Miami rather than was traded yeah. from Miami to Denver. Got hurt, so never really was able to get a footing there uh, in Denver. Then was let go. So, right. um, uh, you know, I feel like Chase Edmonds certainly has a role. Uh, you know, but it's like you said, it's, there's a whole new offense now in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's gone. Right. Yeah. So anything and Baker Mayfield is there now. So like, right, right. you know, they, yeah, they're, I feel like they're going to lean more on. So on and white than they will uh, Edmonds, but maybe Edmonds can carve out a pass catching role in that offense chains of pace back spot. I mean, white proved they could be that guy as well. Um, but we don't know what that offense is going to look like now in Tampa Bay. There's no, certainty is you know with Tom Brady knew they were going to throw 60 times a game he led the league in passing attempts was two three years in a row two years in a row I mean I don't think you're getting 700 pass attempts out of Baker Mayfield so you know there's gonna be more of an emphasis I feel on the running game right so the I mean that's just the way I, I look at some of that is like you know it, if if they don't sign Chase Edmonds what if they do grab Bijan Robinson what if they do grab one of these guys so you know bring four net back they could you know so it's like you don't want i personally it's a it's a good consolation if you're rooting for those guys because there's still guys out here i mean uh, let's hit some of the the remaining free agents john there's still some names that could cause some damage in these in these backfields yeah i mean listen we talked about zeke but uh we talked just talking about the buccaneer situation leonard fournette still out there kareem hunt still available jarek mckinnon 
Uh, we saw just the the fantasy dynamo that he was. Nope, probably nobody helped their stock. You would have assumed more than Jarek McKinnon at the end of last year. Yet he's still out there available. JD McKissick, Kenyon Drake, uh, and then you got guys like Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, Mullen Mack. Probably going to be late camp invites for those three guys there. But uh, for me, McKinnon, Kareem Hunt, Fournette should all find themselves. I would assume on rosters once maybe the Zeke domino falls. Yeah. I mean, like, so if I'm sitting here and I have these teams that, you know, I look around and it's like the bills, even signing Damon Harris only have three RBs. Miami just kind of brought back whoever for very cheap, uh, the chargers, the Austin Neckler situation up in the air. And they've kind of always won an early down back. Like I'm almost rooting for my team to sign someone and I'm rooting for that to be Latavius Murray or Marlon Mack, where I say, Oh, okay. Who cares? Right, because if if I'm the Chargers and then they sign Leonard Fournette, now I'm like, oh man, this is now we have a full blown split backfield and Fournette's the early down back. Like you just got to, uh, it is a scary situation. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye on that. Don't be upset if your team signs someone because the if they sign someone who's not great, that just means is one. It's a little less likely that they sign Fournette. It's a little less likely that they draft a stud in the NFL draft. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, that's the other one, right? Like, we we had that bombshell news story drop that uh, the Chargers gave Austin Eckler permission to seek a trade. You know, that can happen any day, right? right. It, it could also happen on draft day. You know, we saw the A.J. Brown trade last year happened in the middle of the NFL draft. Nobody knew what to do. They're like, what? A.J. Brown's mm-hmm. trading to the Philadelphia. <laughs> What's going on here, right? So, yeah. you know, Hollywood Brown, I think that happened during the draft as well. Uh, being traded from Baltimore to Arizona. So, you know, could see an Eckler uh, draft day trade, could see him leading up to the NFL draft, get moved there as well. So certainly something else that could shake up, uh, you know, that running back uh, situation there across the league. Uh, Any other notables for uh, the running back position for you, Coop? Uh, No, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. You know, it's like some of these teams, like uh, the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Titans, they all kind of need passing down backs. So guys like Jarek McKinnon, JD, JD McKissick, Kareem Hunt could be landing spots for those type guys. And again, that would protect you from uh, somebody that's more of a problem than a Kareem Hunt, right? A Kareem Hunt yeah. at this point is probably just a, uh, a guy that mixes in. So uh, that kind of covers it for running back. And again, what we'll do is we're going to hit on all these overviews for the next four weeks or so. And then right before the draft, we're going to do a quick recap on you know, what the landing spots are and what might happen in the draft and all the prospects. So we're going to circle back on any news in a couple of weeks. The mo- most of the major news is already dropped. So yeah. why don't we hit, hit QB wide receiver tight end and uh, see how those are looking. Yeah. Quarterback, of course, uh, you know, we saw last week uh, that you know, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield all found new homes, cars down in New Orleans, Garoppolo in the, with the Raiders, uh, Baker Mayfield there uh, going to Tampa Bay. Uh, we also had um, uh, the Jared Stidham go back up uh, in Denver uh, for uh, Russell Wilson there. Uh, guys that signed since the last time we spoke, though, Marcus Mariota going over to the Eagles uh, kind of makes sense. Uh, they can kind of run the same offense with uh, Jalen Hurts as they do with Mariota. Uh, P.J. Walker going to be backing up the Bears. Sort of, again, same thing. A guy that has some mobility can run a similar Smart. Similar system, you know, don't have to change too much. Uh, and then Miami goes and picks up Tua's fifth-year option. Uh, definitely going to be a lot of, uh, I think, eyeballs on Tua this season. And you have to worry, you know, is there going to be almost like a quote-unquote Tua rule uh, a little bit more heightened this year where, 
you know, knowing his concussion history, if he takes a hit at some point during the year and the spotter feels like it's iffy, they pull him off the field. Like that is, that's tough news for Miami, which makes me also kind of look at what they have as their backup quarterback plan. You know, Mike White, is that, is that really the, is that really a guy that can, you know, help that organization win football games if Tua is out? I, I don't know. Any better than Teddy Bridgewater? I, 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 I kind of question that, but at least he's better than Skylar Thompson, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's a matter of, um, it's a, it's a matter of looking at it and saying who can just keep the team afloat without costing us a crazy amount of money. Two years, $12 million for Mike White sounds about right because we just watched him keep the Jets afloat, and the Jets aren't as good of a team as the Dolphins are. Like The mm-hmm. Dolphins are a more complete organization. So I don't mind that there, and especially if you're a Tua fan, that's what you want to see. You want to see like them bring somebody in who isn't a threat to take over the starting job. Right. Then they pick up the fifth year option, which is smart by them because it gives them time to assess the situation, figure out what's going on. The other side of the two thing that I wonder is maybe if at some point we get a rule that, you know, further dictates the way you can tackle these guys. Uh, I know it's kind of hard to say. How like, oh, else you are you supposed to tackle a quarterback at this point? I know, like, I know. You man, just give him a flag. Honestly, at this point, you give I, him a flag. It might have. I mean, it might have to. But we've seen it time and time again where, you know, uh, people are grabbing the back. People are grabbing the face mask. That's illegal. People are grabbing the back of callers, and Terrell Owens is breaking his leg, yeah. and Michael Vick is breaking his leg, and that's how we get the horse collar tackle. So maybe they can identify something, uh, you know, a, that is easy enough. Because I mean, I, I will admit, when I first heard the horse collar, we're old now, John. When yeah. I first heard the horse collar tackle rule, I was like, how the hell are they gonna teach guys not to do that? Well, it actually wasn't that hard, it seems, because right. you actually don't see him very much. You used to, I used to see that tackle all the time. Right. That tackle was like a pretty standard tackle. It was the easiest tackle. thing to grab. Yeah. It really was, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, but they actually were pretty quickly were able to teach guys not to do that. So uh, maybe if there is a way to do it, I don't know. But uh, stopping short of complaining about the game being too soft, which, you know, player safety is paramount. It's first and foremost for me. Uh, maybe they can figure something out. But. Yeah, listen, the thing is, like, there's no consistency into the roughing the passer calls. We don't need to spend a whole podcast talking about that. But, uh, you know, they, they, they're, there's no clear lines of what is and isn't uh, a, a clean tackle, it seems like, especially uh, with the quarterback. And then when you do have a clean tackle, they throw a flag for, like, throwing your weight on the guy. And it's like, yeah, he's 350 pounds. Like, how do you, how do you, how, what's he supposed to do? You know, like float above the guy. Doesn't Giving him the business. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly so all right. anyways, remaining free agent quarterbacks that maybe are notable names. Uh, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Teddy B. I think Matt Ryan is probably going to retire. It's yeah. <laughs> so that we, you know, can't expect him signing anywhere, but the Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, that's kind of interesting to me. You know, I don't know if what kind of deals they're looking for, if maybe organizations are waiting to see how their their draft pans out or, you know, what. Because most quarterback situations at the moment are established. So unless you're just looking at what you have and seeing Carson Wentz and you don't think he's worth either the money or not an upgrade over what you currently have at the situation, you know, I don't know when these guys are going to find teams or find deals. Yeah, so with these guys, I look at, um, you know, if they want to show that they still have something, there are a couple landing spots where they could potentially start a few games to start the season where the quarterback might not be ready to play. Uh, I would say, like, if I was Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, I would really be jockeying for that Cardinals job. Because if Kyler Murray's not ready to go, you get to play a couple games. And if if you're... Uh, let's let's say Matt Ryan even if you're Matt Ryan you come out 
you throw for you know 300 yards and two touchdowns and then the next game you come out and throw for 200 something yards and two touchdowns and then Kyler Murray comes back and and you just showcased what you can do teams come, there's been so many injuries in this league maybe t- a team comes knocking right same thing with maybe the Rams if uh Matt Stafford isn't ready to go like these are situations right. where you can at least come out and say hey you know what I still got it so uh you know and then uh the, the other teams kind of are like you know the commanders seem committed to Sam Howell but is Sam Howell better than Teddy Bridgewater I don't know uh the rest of them are kind of part of our their high enough in the draft that we suspect they're going to draft quarterbacks right john yeah i mean you would think so um you know what are your thoughts on the panthers uh, obviously thomas davis uh leaks to whoever he spoke to there the report that came out that they're interested in anthony richardson uh with the number one overall pick which is obviously a little bit surprising given you know many thought the consensus one was stroud or young um is richardson's combine performance and just his athletic you know, uh, appeal, bump him to the number one overall pick here in Carolina? Here's what I think this is. And we are no strangers to this in New England because the team seems to have a handful of uh, cronies out there that they can, right? We've seen it all the time in New England where, uh, you know, guys named Lombardi and and what have you uh, kind of towing the company line. And I think this is what it is for Thomas Davis. He wants to be an NFL reporter and, he the Panthers said, Hey, you know what? We'll send you some information. As long as you're gonna share the information that we want you to share. Right. Here's the first thing we want you to share. Right. We traded for the first overall pick. There's been some talks about maybe us trading back down and sharing it. So why don't you go out there and tell everyone that we're interested in Anthony Richardson? And you can confidently tell everyone that because we're telling you right now that we're interested in him, right? right? So it, it's no harm, no foul for Thomas Davis. Somebody from the Panthers front office did tell him that, right? Are they actually interested? Hard to say, John. Right. I don't know. I think it's more a little bit of Panthers tell former Panther that the Panthers' uh, number one pick might be this guy, so it becomes more valuable now. A little, sure. That's a little classic move, I feel. So I don't know if I'm buying it. I think that um, you know, if we want to hit a hit a real quick, quick early draft look, like we kind of mentioned, I think that the Panthers at number one take C.J. Stroud. That's the betting favorite. Uh, the Texans, number two, I think they take Bryce Young. And if the Panthers take Bryce Young at one, then I think the Texans take C.J. Stroud at two. I think those guys are pretty locked in one and two. My, I, that's my feeling. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, listen, that's obviously kind of kind of like the consensus thinking here as well. You know, those quarterbacks are going to go early. Organizations that need quarterback need to sort of reset their franchises here. You know, Panthers make that bold move to move up to number one. This is literally a, if they keep that pick, this is something that can either set their franchise ahead for the next decade or set them back for the next decade. You look at what happened with the Saints when they traded all those draft picks for Ricky Williams. Uh, right. It took them a while to, to kind of recover because they had no capital. Didn't really pan out to be the all the, the, the player they needed, the franchise player they needed. Um, you know, if they go ahead now and trade up like they did, trade their future away like they did, and take the wrong guy, that's, yeah, that's a... Death knell for a GM, for a assistant GM, scouting department, head coach. It's all over there for them. Browns have done it like five times. Correct. Right? Like, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So but the thing they is, if you decided to pay a guy $300 million guaranteed and say, <laughs> you know what? We're done. This is we're done. We're yeah. Doing. We got, this is the guy. We don't care. Uh, so, yeah. And it's like, you know, we've seen teams do both. We've seen teams get the guy, and it's awesome. We've seen teams got teams miss, and you dig a giant hole. So, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope they hit him. 
uh, they hit on him. I like Frank Reich. I like uh, a lot of the guys over there. So I hope they hit it. Um, the real next question is at three. Uh, so at one is the Panthers, CJ Stroud, two or Bryce Young, two, whoever's next. Uh, four is the Colts, who is another quarterback needy team, and a lot of people are projecting them to take quarterback. But at three is the Cardinals, and they're pretty locked in with Kyler Murray. Seems like a prime trade spot for somebody to go up if they do like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. John, I'm also hearing all, pretty much everyone that I've talked to that's been to the Combine, which granted is only four or five people that I've personally spoken to that were there. They all really like uh, they all really like, really like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. They say, say he seems like a really sharp guy. Uh, he was his film was great. The knock on him right now is that he tore his ACL in November, so he's not going to be ready to go. And he's a little bit older, and uh, it was kind of a gadget system. Those are the knocks, but I don't know. I mean, uh, I've started to move Hendon Hooker up to where he's kind of in the same realm as like a Will Levis. Uh, so he's interesting there. But with the Cardinals trade spot uh, again, closer to the draft, we'll have more info. We'll get more into it. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these teams that are unsure at quarterback making a move up to three and say hey you know what like the lions for instance we have jared goff but you know the chiefs had alex smith why don't we see if maybe we can get our patrick mahomes here so uh three that is the hot spot in this draft no question yeah i agree with you 100 percent there you and uh, dan server didio will have plenty of the draft breakdown coverage here uh you know in the coming weeks basically once march madness is over dan server didio is no longer tied up doing all of his college basketball content, uh, and we, we turn the page right into uh, NFL draft season. We'll, we'll have mock draft previews, rookie positional articles, a whole shebang, oh, can't uh, wait. all broken down uh, for you guys there. Uh, and then, of course, we have the live draft show, Lightning Round Crew there, uh, breaking it all down, live draft tracker, and all the fun stuff. You gonna come on draft. for a quick 15, 20 minutes this year, John? Yeah, Pop dude, in with us? I was on last year. I'll come on anytime yeah. Lightning Round wants me on. I'll, I'll be happy to join. Uh, I got that. And, I'll uh, jot that down and have right. some and have some fun with the fun with the crew. Uh, awesome. Let's take a look at the wide receiver position here, uh, Coop. You know we, we talk about uh, guys that have signed or traded. Elijah Moore trade happens yesterday. Elijah Moore goes to the Cleveland Browns uh, now, kind of again pairing up with Amari Cooper gives uh, some Donovan People Jones gives some additional weapons there uh, in Cleveland for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Jets kind of cleaning out some room. They signed uh, Alan Lazard. So you now they already have, uh, you know, a plenty of guys there at wide receiver. Didn't uh, need Elijah Moore. Kind of seemed a little disgruntled. Uh, we had Brandon Cooks get traded from Houston to Dallas, essentially for free. A little surprised that there weren't any other teams that could match a fifth and a sixth. Maybe it was just a preference point where the Houston Texans wanted to do bright by Brandon Cooks, and they're like, all right, Brandon, like, where do you want to go? We'll see if we can make a deal work. They got it done there with. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Adam Thielen, your boy, he goes to Carolina. Uh, Matt Collins goes to the Falcons. Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder to the Giants. Uh, Nick Westbrook Akine resigns with Tennessee. Yeah, so with Elijah Moore, that's the most interesting one from this group. I mean, we can kind of hit on him each one at a time. Uh, Elijah Moore, there's a pretty clear cut question for me. We know Amari Cooper is going to play split end, he's going to play a full snap share. He's being paid a lot of money, and he played every snap last year. We know that uh, David Njoku has played a, paid a lot of money, that he's going to play a ton of snaps. We also know that this team loves using two and sometimes even three tight ends. Kevin Stefanski is never scared to put an extra tight end out there. So what it boils down to for me is, is Elijah Moore going to be a pure slot guy 
Or is he going to be a slot guy that also plays flanker, which at times are the best fantasy assets? So what I mean by that is uh, a guy like Tyler Boyd is a pure slot guy at this point. He plays the slot, but when they go to two wide receiver sets, you're not taking out T. Higgins. He's like 6'4". He's a tank. You're not taking out Jamar Chase. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. So somebody has to come out of the field, yep. off the field, if you're using a, a tight end or a fullback. Uh, if we look at the guys that stay out there and in two wide receiver sets, the other wide receiver comes out and they go from the slot out wide, those are some of the best players in fantasy football. Cooper Cup does that. Keenan Allen does that. Chris Godwin does that. So uh, I really, to me, John, boils down to Elijah Moore versus Donovan Peoples-Jones. Who's going to come out of the game for that second tight end? Uh, you know, any any just first first thoughts, uh, what do you think they, they do with that? Um, I think they leave Elijah Moore out there just because, you know, kind of the more explosive talent it yes. feels like. We saw Donovan Peoples-Jones really pop when David Njoku was injured last year. That's where all of the targets went to um for for donovan people's jones but you know i don't think you make a trade you don't kind of give up that draft capital for elijah moore without giving him the opportunity to be that guy um so i think he gets first crack at it i love that and i actually pulled up the numbers from uh from last year and moore played 341 snaps in the slot but he actually played 385 out wide so he did both last year. He's capable of doing both. And I think you're right on that. I'm leaning into it, though, John. I will say I threw that question out on Twitter, and uh, Donovan Peoples Jones's uncle popped in. And uh, was that Kangas man? No, no, it was actually oh, okay. his uncle. His actual uncle, his actual, uh, John, uncle. his actual uncle, John Peoples, popped in and was like, hey, DPJ's the number two wide receiver on the team. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Uh, maybe perhaps a biased, a biased opinion, but. Uh, you know, DBJ, not without his fans as well. So we'll see how that shakes out right now. Uh, you got to be happy, though, that he got out of that situation because we know that Garrett Wilson is a real deal rookie of the year. And Alan Lazard, say what you will about him. Uh, he there's only been two players over the last three years that have essentially gotten double digit end zone targets every year. They both actually had more 14 plus in each season. That's uh, DK Metcalf, which he gets end zone targets because for for obvious reasons, John and Alan Lazard because he's best friends with uh, Aaron Rodgers and that's how that works, right? We yeah. saw it with James Jones, we saw it with Jordy Nelson. I mean, he made them trade for Randall Cobb. So. <laughs> he makes them trade for Randall Cobb. So yeah, that's how that works. So I mean, it's like I, I'm not interested in anybody outside of those top two on the Jets. So Elijah Moore getting out of there, best case scenario for yep. his fantasy. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, any other interesting uh, wide receivers here worth discussing? You know, maybe guys that are available, landing spots, anything for you? I'll tell you well, something that is uh, one one that I kind of mentioned. It, it doesn't really matter, but Mac Hollins landing with the Falcons. Uh, we had that in the article that the you know he's a field stretching wide receiver. They have the big guys, you know, six four, six six, Pitts, Drake London, Johnny Smith. They needed a field stretcher. They got one. I think he's going to play a decent amount, maybe be a best ball option, but beyond that, not really. And I'm I'm a little confused at what the Giants are doing, John. I, I, I need someone to explain to me. It seems almost like the Raiders went out and were like, oh, we already have a slot wide receiver, Hunter Renfro. We're going to add Jacoby Myers. And then the Giants were like, hold my beer. We're going to sign every slot wide receiver on the entire market. Like, wh- why do they need – 
They have Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton on the outside. Why do they need? Because they're going to one... run a bunch of bunch formations from uh, tight. You know, that's what they're going to do, right? Three three bunch uh, just outside the tackle. You know, and, and they have must them all, have them all just break out from the slot. You know, like it's just two tight end sets and all these little guys running around <laughs> yeah, like yeah. fumble rusky. It's like Wondell Robinson. They went out. They signed Paris Campbell, who is one of the better slot wide receivers out there. I felt. Then they also brought back Sterling Shepard. But then yesterday they signed uh, Jamison Crowder as well. It, so, to me, on the, the honest answer is I think it's all injury preservation. Paris yeah. Campbell, first full season healthy last year. Sterling Shepard, as much as – listen, there may not be any bigger Sterling Shepard fans than you and I. We, we talk right. about him all the time in fantasy. If he's available in your league and he's healthy, him and Daniel Jones just have this great chemistry. But – three, four weeks into the year, Shepard's gone. I know we, we talked about it last time. We're not doctors. We're not injury for, you know, forecasters here. We don't have a magic crystal ball. But the man does get hurt every year. And I think the Giants are like, all right, listen, we, we can't be stuck anymore with, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, God bless him, you know, and Richie James and nobody else. When all of these guys keep going down, we need NFL caliber players to at least be on the roster available. And, and they'll see where they go through training camp. Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, there you go. And I'll tell you, if they if that role is so important that they need a bunch of people behind it, kind of makes me interested in Wandell Robinson. If that that's going to be such an important part of the offense that you need multiple guys that can that can be the backup for that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, the last thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, we talked about it with running back where sometimes uh, you want your if you're rooting for one player on the team, you want the team to sign guys that aren't impact guys. Mm-hmm. Tennessee bringing back Nick Westbrook Akine. Love to see that. I'm, I like Traylon Burks. I like Chiga Conquo. We want them to fill out that depth chart with as few impact players as possible. Nick Westbrook Akine, Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath, uh, you know, Reggie Robertson Jr. So I was looking at some of the names over there that I actually I had never heard that name until I looked you know, kind of looked at what their depth <laughs> chart was. Uh, the more guys like that that are signed over there, the less likely they go out and draft one two three guys in this draft they'll probably still take somebody but you know i'll take Traylon burks or or chig versus a, an unproven rookie any day of the week right. versus them going out and and signing you know a uh a big dog signing odell beckham jr or something yeah obj by the way clarified that he wasn't asking for 20 million but he wasn't he, he thought the four million dollar contract that somebody offered him was disrespectful. So we'll see. Uh, and another report today again was that the Jets are a leading candidate for OBJ. That was another guy that was on the Aaron Rodgers list. So, I mean, if you're the Jets and Aaron Rodgers is like, get me Zeke, get me OBJ, get me Alan Lazard, and, you know, we'll, we'll make this happen, maybe that's what's going on right now, right? Maybe that's what's what's happening there uh, in, in New York. Uh, yeah. Coop, let's wrap it up here. Tight end spot, your favorite position. The position you know uh so much about uh if we're looking at the recent tight end uh signings here dalton schultz goes to the texans on a one-year deal uh robert tunyon there uh going to the bears uh, oj howard and austin hooper go to las vegas uh ross or Dwe- uh, ross dwelly going back to san francisco uh we made a joke last week about eli wolf uh he unfortunately decided to retire uh due to some injury <sighs> issues and then the uh uh, unfortunate and uh, you know we wish the best here for Foster Moreau uh, I don't know if you read the story of the New Orleans Saints and their medical staff um, but they apparently have been saving lives uh, in these 
in these pre-screening processes. Frosted Moreau was going through uh, a pre-screening with the, the New Orleans Saints medical staff. They found uh, an issue, and he ends up being diagnosed with Hopkins lymphoma, um, you know, cancer there. But apparently there's a history of the Saints medical staff, like, finding these, like, very serious conditions in players and, like, saving their lives. One player had to have heart surgery and basically saved his life from there. And there's a few other ones. There's a story that was released yesterday um, about that. Pretty interesting read, so I recommend you all go check that one out. But, um you know, uh, medical staffs, man, they, they, they've been pretty crazy over the last couple of years. Yeah, man. It's wild that uh, how how many instances there are of that. And I mean, it's it's kind of obviously it's it's the whole situation is sad and, and you wouldn't hope it would happen. But it's kind of a blessing in disguise that this guy happens to work in a job where uh, there's millions of dollars riding on his health and he gets very serious health checks anytime you switching jobs i mean most people you go and do your physical once a year hopefully but it, you know it's not it, the doctor asks you how you're feeling and you say you know i'm feeling pretty good or right. you can't even remember you you know you i if you're anything like me john i sit there and i'm like ah my elbow yeah. i'm gonna talk to my doctor about it next time i see him and i then i don't right? right so it's like it's not anything like the health checks these guys get so it is a blessing that they were able to catch that we hope that he uh you know obviously his health is first and foremost, most important. And hopefully it is cleared up so quickly that he comes back to play some more football because right. uh, he, you know, he's a fairly young guy uh, still has, still has some ball left to play. Uh, and again, I, you know, also Eli Wolf, that sucks. The injuries uh, he wrote on his Instagram that he just too many injuries. And uh, after this last surgery, just decided he was going to go do something else. Uh, but, you know, the, we had always seen the upside in, in his speed and his athleticism just wish him well in his next, uh, his next chapter of life. Right. Uh, 100%. In the meantime, John, why don't we talk about some of these, the ones that are impactful for us for fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, talk about Dalton Schultz, right? Dalton Schultz was a safety blanket there for Dak Prescott last year. Really strong tight end performance. He was never sexy, but I mean, he had some big games. He had that multi-touchdown game there uh, that moved some needles for people. Now he goes to Houston where he's going to, you know, at least be the outright tight end. How many years have we sat there and be like, maybe this is the this is the Houston tight end that we're looking for. Maybe it's Brevin Jordan season. I, we know going into the year now it's Dalton Schultz. We don't have to really worry about Jordan Aikens or any of those other guys cutting in. Finally, yeah. So they're good there. And the on the honest thing was, I you know I kept saying, oh, he should go back to the Cowboys where it's a high volume or whatever. The moment they traded for Brandon Cooks, that became a terrible tight end landing spot because now they have cd lamb and brandon cooks right. and and you're battling with michael gallup to be the third target which is a bad spot for upside so uh this is actually a great spot for him he'll have a chance to compete with robert woods and nico collins you and i still nico collins fans right john <laughs> are we do we still believe or what do you uh, think? yeah i give him another year you know one more year for nico collins uh but you know it's it's a spot where a rookie qb could definitely lean on him it's a one-year deal so if it doesn't work out so it's kind of the one-year deals I like for Dynasty, honestly, because if it works out, they sign him and keep him. If it doesn't work out, well, we roll the dice again next year, right? right. So uh, I do prefer those than you know the situations where you sign somewhere and it doesn't work out and then you're stuck. So uh, I think that's the the most meaningful signing we've had since last episode. Uh, Robert Tunyon to the Bears means that Robert Tunyon, we don't have to worry about him anymore. O.J. Howard and Austin Hooper both sign with the Raiders where they have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. So now we don't have to think about those guys anymore, which the less, the less arguments I need to get on Twitter about tight ends that didn't have any upside in the first place, the better. 
Uh, Ross Dwelly back to San Francisco. I think that's a good thing personally because with all these rookie tight ends, I want them to land in good spots. And you would never know with a guy like uh, Chanahan where he's just going to say, I like two tight end systems. Let's take Darnell Washington. And then he's, (laughs) you know, like, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out on that. Uh, I took a look at the tight end landing spots. Again, we're going to do our uh, big preview uh, after we're going to do a quick series on just each position to to really get the landscape nailed down this offseason before the draft. Yep. Uh, and then right before the draft, that's when we'll go in, hit the landing spots, hit the rookies, get the deep dives. But for now, I took a look at it. Uh, there's a few good potential landing spots for the rookies. Best open starting jobs. And John, let me know what you think about which one you'd prefer, uh, which one you think the best spot might be. Uh but the Bengals, wide open job, right? Yep. Uh, the Lions, the, I think Brock Wright, even Brock Wright's a free agent. So that's wide open. The Dolphins lose Mike Gusecki. Durham Smythe is kind of more a blocking tight end, so that's open. The Packers lost both Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, so they could use both a blocking and a starting tight end. And then, of course, the Cowboys, they have Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot where you can piece it together. But I think any one of the top five or so tight ends from this draft class could immediately be the starting tight end for those teams. So of those, of those spots, which one do you think would give you the best immediate potential impact for fantasy football? Um, It's a little tough. I mean, I, I think the, the Packers are kind of interesting because if Aaron Rodgers is gone, you know, we always talk about Aaron Rodgers and he just doesn't, the offense has never fit with him throwing to a tight end for the most part. Had a couple of good years, obviously throwing to the tight end, but the narrative was always, you didn't throw to them. Uh, maybe Jordan Love could, would find a little bit more success with a pass catching tight end uh, with him under center. You know the with the Lions. You know I'm on Ross St. Brown. I think Coop, we're just you're you're willing to admit now that he is good. Good player. <laughs> a good yeah. player. Not part of the rebuild that's going to get lost as they invest into their uh, into their wide receiver core. Well, let's see what they do at split end. Let's <laughs> yeah. not let's not rule anything out here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Jamison Williams obviously going to have a full season under under his belt coming up, so there could be some lost uh, options for you there. Can't imagine unless T. Higgins gets moved on from uh, Cincinnati is going to be a spot that's going to be a favorable landing place. So. Um, that's a trap. That's the biggest trap. That spot is the biggest trap right? because everyone t- keeps telling me, oh yeah, Joe Burrow. Right. And I'm just like, in what world is it good to be the pass catcher behind, you know, the behind yeah. T Higgins and Jamar chase and Tyler Boyd. It feels right. like, the, it feels like the lions or the Packers. I think, I think those are the yeah, two spots for me. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, they, they wasn't Hendershot a third round pick last year for Dallas. It was Ferguson was Ferguson, Ferguson was. was, and then Hend. But the thing is, Hendershot came in as an undrafted guy to play some slot, sure, which kind okay. of pours some cold water on there. The thing with the thing with the Cowboys is that uh, you know now they have three good wide receivers. The Dolphins have two very good wide receivers. The mm-hmm. Bengals have two very good wide receivers. The Packers have Christian Watson, who we believe to be a good wide receiver, and then they have uh, Romeo Dubs. Uh, and after that, we're talking. Samare Torre, Jeff Cotton, Bo Melton, like right. that team is pretty, the cupboards are pretty bare over there. So why, why can't somebody come in? And especially if it's somebody who lines up at the, at the slot, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so kind of interesting. And then, you know, just to wrap it up the next, cause you know, we, we, we never get the perfect landing spots for these, all these rookies no. and there's too many right. of them. Yeah. So I, what I do is I look and say, okay, what starting tight end is a free agent next year? So you play one year behind Jimmy Graham, and then you're the starter. Right. So, uh, you know, the Chargers, 
Gerald Everett. Tyler Higby is 30 for the Rams. Uh, the Vikings have TJ Hawkinson, uh, so he's probably back, but he is a free agent. So, I mean, who knows I mean, there? Ha- I mean, no Thielen, not that Hawkinson, uh, you know, lost any value to Thielen last year, but now the fact that there's no Thielen there in Minnesota, you, you got Hawkinson and you got Jefferson as the top two guys uh, in that mm-hmm. passing offense. It's wheels up for yeah. this year, especially like, and, and I hope they extend him. And then he, beca- now all of a sudden he's in the conversation with, cause it's like you, you have a scale you have at the top, it's Travis Kelsey, but he's, he's old. Yeah. And then at the bottom you have Kyle Pitts, but it's kind of dicey in the middle. You have Mark Andrews who is good. And he's like 27 years old. I think TJ Hawkinson, if he gets a contract there, I mean, is why Hawk wouldn't tight end two for you this year? He's he's right in that mix. I think it's still Mark Andrews for me, especially with Todd Munkin coming in to to run the air raid. But they're right there. It's Hawkinson and Andrews uh, going to be really close. I need to see how it shakes out because the thing is, the Vikings could could go out and draft one of the best wide receivers, and now it's not yeah. as, not as interesting. So, but I mean, again, that's a spot where uh, you know it's it wouldn't be the best landing spot especially when they extend Hawkinson, but he is a free agent. Other free agent tight ends where it could be a good landing spot if they move on from the current tight end. Uh, Noah Fant for the Seahawks, free agent. Cole Komet is a free agent for the Bears. Uh, Dalton Schultz, we talked about, is only on a one-year deal. So, you know, it could be a situation where they draft a tight end and whoever's better gets the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Raiders, both those tight ends they signed are on one-year deal. And then, of course, uh, super megastar fan favorite Evan Engram, on the franchise tag for the Jaguars, that's a one-year guaranteed deal. So a lot of potential, long, you know, not even necessarily long-term spots, just a uh, one-year-away type spots for these guys to land. And that kind of wraps up the tight end position, uh, unless there's something else you wanted to bring up, John. No, listen, you're, you're the tight end guru. I think that's a lot of great information uh, there. And, of course, as more inf- more news breaks, like we'll obviously be able to cover it. Uh, and I, tend, I ex- expect some extensive draft coverage pertaining to the tight end position uh in the coming months uh coop why don't you give everybody again just a quick preview of what we can expect from you uh over the next handful of weeks man yeah man so i finished all the team previews i just did an article on my new uh tight or it's not new but like i finally put it to paper the tight end my how i treat tight ends in dynasty the sort system start opportunity roster talent go read that now what I'm going to do over the next couple of weeks is just drop a couple concept articles while we're in kind of the, the down period before the draft. So just things that I use that are kind of evergreen concepts that you can keep in the back of your mind and help you organize your rosters in Dynasty. This is the period where you go in and do a little spring cleaning and say, this is these are the guys I'm cutting for my draft picks, so I'm going to try and trade them. Right? These are the guys that I'm targeting because I'm – going to start rebuild i'm going to start rebuilding or i'm going to start competing to win so i'm going to go target these guys uh so i'm going to go through some concepts do some articles like that Uh, on the podcast we're going to match it up with that stuff so we're going to talk about here's the tight ends here are the ones that you want if you're competing here's the ones that you're trading away if you're blowing it up here are the guys that we're uh you know we're trading away because we don't believe in the talents just everything on each position so uh, that's what we're going to do. You can find my stuff, my written stuff at fantasyalarm.com. Uh, we have the lightning round podcast back up every Wednesday night for some, uh, for some fun and games and some, some just whatever's going on that week. So, uh, it's going to be fun, John. What do you guys got going on over there? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, it's football season all year round, but baseball season does start on uh, next Thursday. So uh, MLB season kicks off uh, once we get going with all of the rest of the uh, the MLB regular season. Yeah, man, we, we start turning our page quickly uh, to the NFL season as well. And we'll start throwing out some top uh, positional articles and whatnot there to uh, get everybody going, get everybody excited. It's football year round here. And uh, if you are listening and you're not yet a member of the Fantasy Alarm family, uh, no better time than now, Coop. We, we still have our 50% off first six-month promotion. Uh, you can use promo code NFL50 if you're listening right now. It's $19.98 uh, per month for the first six months uh, of the year. That gives you access to not only all of our DFS content, but all of our seasonal content as well. And more importantly, at least in my opinion, maybe Coop, your opinion as well, uh, you get in our Discord uh, where we're there answering your questions live you got draft questions. Right now, we have a live fantasy baseball draft channel where if you're drafting your fantasy baseball draft, you get in that channel, you ping myself, Howard Bender, Adam Ronitz, Colby Conway, Matt Sells, you know, uh, James Grande, Justin Vreeland, whomever is on site at the moment in that chat. And we'll give you we'll give you pick pick by pick picks if you're in there. So like and that happens I- during the football season as well. I actually would use that during the fantasy baseball, the great fantasy baseball invitational that I still do for some reason, John. And I was in there. You like the torture. Uh, that's why you like the long, like slow drafts, you know? Yes. Yes. There's long, brutal, slow drafts, but because it was a slow draft I, at a couple points, I was able, I just popped in and, you know, Colby was in there and I was like, Hey, you know, who do I go with of these two pitchers? Right. And, you know, it, I, not only do they use, you know, they'll give you a quick pick if it's obvious, but they'll also give you a breakdown sometimes and say, Hey, you know what? If you need steals, go with this guy, you know, if you, so it's pretty cool. Uh, just an incredible tool to have access yeah. to access to us. To, so, to us, yeah. Uh, so the discord is great. Uh, definitely go ahead. And again, 1998 a month for everything. It's not just baseball, football, it's basketball, it's hockey, PGA, MMA, anything that we cover here on site, you get access to for less than 20 bucks a month for six months. So, uh, and six months from now, Coop, that takes you pretty much right through the first month of the NFL season. Uh, so really got to get ahead, get your taste, get your feet wet and, uh, you know, be part of the family for the NFL draft and the rest of the sport calendar year that's going on now. But for now, Coop and I will catch you guys next week. Talk to you then.